everybody. Jeff Salzman here. Welcome to the Daily Evolver. And a special welcome to those of you who are tuning in live and hanging in there because uh, Tuesday, it looked like I blew you off, but I was actually here and I got all screwed up with the tech. But at any rate, it's good to be back and good to be with you. And today, I'm psyched to have my buddy and um, inter integral comrade in arms with me today, uh, uh, Corey DeVos, the Editor-in-Chief of Integral Life. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. How you doing? Oh, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. It's like a, it's like a return to source. Yeah. Well, you have, um, it's because of you and Integral Live, Integral Life being the big portal, Integral Live being your live webcast station. Yep. It's because of that that I do this live. I do it through that. And it's really been such a, you know, really nice collaboration. So it really has. Really, it really has. Great to have you back on here. Yeah. Well, thanks and, for having me. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on here is because um, I think you're doing some really interesting stuff at Integral Life, and I want to do a fucking infomercial. <laughs> cool. You know, I mean, I, and I want people to see what's going on there and see the value of it so that they will become members if they're not already and, and, and live an upright life where, where you pay for what you get. <laughs> and, and that's okay. And I could say that because I'm not getting any benefit from any of it financially, but that's I'm getting right. all kinds of non-financial benefits. That's anyway, right. so uh, one of the things that uh, I noticed that you posted on Integral Life, and it's actually just points to a bigger issue in, or a, a, a bigger moment, if you will, in the integral scene, and that is the passing of Father Thomas Keating. Yeah. Who was a dear friend of Ken's, and yep. you posted a beautiful letter that Ken wrote Father yeah. Thomas before he died. So yeah. it's, it was a, it, to me, it was a wonderful lesson, and tell the person you love them before their eulogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and you know, it was, it, it was a beautiful letter. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and first, first off, you know, Father Thomas' uh, passing is, um, yeah, I think all of us are in, in, in very deep mourning. I mean, the guy made it to 95 years old. You can't say he didn't have a pretty good run. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's been, he's been diminishing for a while now. And even still, his passing just feels, you know, Ken used the word devastating. Yeah, and that you know, I thought that was apt. It feels it feels absolutely devastating because there's no one else who could, you know, possibly you know, wear that collar. Um, yeah. He was he was he was an amazing human being. Yeah, so I'm sharing the one uh, paragraph that touched me. Are you seeing it in the share yeah. screen? Yep. Yeah, I see that. Where Ken writes there to Father Thomas, there are few lives I can think of that have been as truly integrally authentically engaged. And humanity as a whole is just that much closer to a genuine realization of God because of you. Bless you, bless you, bless you, my friend. I will carry you in my heart forever. Ken Wilber. Yeah, very sweet. But yeah, I mean, I remember back when you and I worked at the Integral Institute with Ken, we're talking 2004, 2005, 2006, we were doing the seminar, rocking and rolling, we had 30, 40 people working there. And mm -hmm. Father Thomas was a real key character in the whole Integral scene, especially then, because he was really productive, and uh, he was productive to the end, it got in a spiritual way for sure. Mm -hmm. But what I think, um, 
I can loved about Father Thomas and what what he transmitted, what piece he brought to the integral puzzle was the Christian piece. Yeah, and the whole contemplative prayer movement, which became a uh, and still is yep. centering a, prayer. A, I'm sorry, yeah, centering mm-hmm. prayer, a um, you know a spiritual path that has the uh, flavor of second person. That's right. You know, where I'm, I'm seen and loved by Almighty God. Yeah. And that is, um, that's a piece of it that I'm, you know, how can you overvalue that? How, how, yeah. can, you, how can you thank somebody for giving you that? Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. and Father Thomas, you know, in ter- just in terms of my own sort of spiritual path or trajectory or, you know, however you want to look at it, um, you know, people like Father Thomas, people like Brother David, Stendhal Rost, um, Paul Smith, uh, you know, these guys for me have, have had a huge impact in terms of sort of, you know, almost grounding my adult spirituality with the spirituality of my childhood in a lot of ways. You know, I've often described this, the process that I think a lot of Westerners take is, you know, you grow up with an exoteric form of a religion, which is sort of yep. just that outer layer, sort of the dogmas and the myths and you know, all, all of those trappings. And we tend to get disillusioned with that, particularly as we, you know, start hitting, you know, the rational wave of development. We get really disillusioned with, with the exoteric myths of our childhood. Yeah, then, I, could re- I could just interject. I could remember age six in our little preschooly kind of Sunday school thinking, the little Chinese kids go to hell? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that was the first crack. I, I patched yeah. that back up for a few years and then yeah. re-cracked when I was 12 or 13. But. Yeah, well, for me, Jeff, I, I remember being nine years old um, and laying in bed at night after Sunday school, going to Sunday school with my grandmother at a, at a Protestant church and thinking about the concept of heaven, of dying and going to heaven, and then, and then the concept of forever, that when I go to heaven, <laughs> I'm going to be in this place forever. And it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I was trying to think rationally. I, you know, I would imagine like, okay, so I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up the next morning. It's going to be today. And then I'm going to go to sleep. And, and it's just this right. constant recursive process. Right. And, and it all felt so huge. And I felt so tiny and insignificant. And it was the first sort of inklings of my rational brain kind of trying to, to yep. wrap it up around. And it's funny because I actually see some of those same uh, struggles in my daughter right now. My daughter will ask these really beautiful, big questions. You know, does the universe go forever? Will time go forever? And when I say, you know, kind of, yeah, basically, sort of, in a sense, <laughs> it, it terrifies her. It's like her little mind is too yeah. small to wrap itself around, you know, the multitudes of infinity. Um, and, you, you know, and it's, 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 it's a beautiful process to sort of watch her little heart break and grow and break again. Yeah. And and wrap herself around it. Yeah. Um, well, but it, it, yeah. it makes me think of that hideous verse from Amazing Grace. When we've been there 10,000 years, okay, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. <laughs> it's like, all right, 10,000 years of singing his praise and we've just begun? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that doesn't sound like it's something I want to sign up for. Right. <laughs> but, but it gets to that, the, the actual problem that you're talking about is that, uh, you know, time and space is a function of the cognitive mind. That's right. And the, and the cognitive mind arises within a space that is infinite and eternal. 
That's right. And, you know, time and space arises within, you know, a bigger space that yeah. is pre-Big um, Bang. Pre yeah. Big Bang. That's right. And you spend your entire life wrapping your mind and your heart around that. And, you know, just to continue sort of the trajectory I, I brought up, you know, first, I think a lot of people, I think it's a common story. A lot of people grow up with this exoteric mythic religion that they start to sort of question and, you know, get a little bit more cynical around. And then for a lot of us, that begins this journey. And that journey often takes us from exoteric to exotic. We start, you know, sort of tuning into these other traditions that have been coming you know, being imported into the West or, and imported in such a way by post-conventional people so that you can skip over sort of the myths and the dogmas and the trappings of those traditions. Yeah, they leave that, them behind. Yeah, right. And then that brings you right from the exotic into the esoteric, right? And then it's within that space when you, when you discover sort of the esoteric union of all of these spiritual paths that you can then, you know, come home to the tradition of your childhood. And that is the role that, that folks like Father Thomas and Brother David and Paul Smith, et cetera, have played in my own life is they've helped me with that, that final step of being able to recognize, you know, whatever insight I've gleaned, whatever little trickle of enlightenment I've, been, I've, I've discovered within these other traditions, guess what? It's, it's been waiting here the entire time. Right. I just had too much dust in my eyes, really, to, to see it. Yeah. Hallelujah, brother. Right on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I feel the same way. I'm grateful. Godspeed, uh, uh, Father Thomas. Yep. And, um, and, and there's, some, it's, there's some assets, and thank you. Yeah. And there's some assets on integral life that um, uh, where Father Thomas transmits his beautiful realization. Yeah, we were, we were lucky enough to, to record a lot, of, a lot of material with Father Thomas over the last 15 years. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next thing I wanted to say has really caught my eye on Integral Life is uh, the interview that you do. You're doing something regularly with Ken Wilber called yeah. the, the Ken Show. Yeah. And of course, there, there's a pun there. That's right. Because Ken Show means realization in Zen Buddhism. We, uh, we like to have fun over here. Yes, exactly. That's, uh, so Integral Humor. Uh, but yes, it's great. <laughs> so you're doing it uh, monthly, is it? Yeah, it's monthly. Yeah. And the last one you did was on a topic that has been so interesting to me and vexing, and it's, and it's clearly up in the internet and with the Sam Harris and the Jordan Petersons and then this, and, you know, and that's this idea of free will, free yeah. will. Yep. And are we agents of choice or are we slaves to determinism? Uh, you know, and uh, what's that about? And, God damn, if Ken didn't really sort that out for me. Yeah, he did. He did a stellar job. Um, and that's, that's the thing about these, these Ken Show episodes we're doing. I feel like it's, um, for whatever reason, it is some of the best material that I think Ken has done in, in years. I agree. Um, and, you know, and that was our, I think, our third episode. We've got another one coming up in just a couple weeks. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And we've still got some more installments that we're going to be rolling out. I'm going to release a clip tomorrow where Ken and I discuss whether or not there's any, uh, practices that we can do to, to sort of, um, increase the, the power and the scope and the half-life of our creative choice, um, to cultivate free will. 
And then we're going to follow up on that with a really, really cool and fun conversation about things like fate and destiny and synchronicity and whether or not there's any room in the integral view for, you know, a lot of these terms that tend to be soaked in either sort of mythic or new age kind of connotations, you know, are they, can they still be useful um, conceptually for, for integralists? So that's, that was a really, really cool discussion. Yeah. And then uh, finally, a little segment about what free will looks like uh, from the stage of enlightenment and post-enlightenment. Does it go away? Does it sort of vanish into a poof of smoke? Does, you know, because Ken often talks about how effortless everything becomes when you hit that sort of non-dual uh, realization. Well, free will is sort of defined by the, you know, the capacity to effort toward something. Um, so what, you know, how, how exactly does that, does that land? Uh, really, really great conversation. Yeah, fantastic. And it, it's, it's what integral can do. And, and it's, and it's such one, it's so wonderful to see such a virtuoso performance in, mm -hmm. in a way, because I've been listening to Sam Harris and I'm talking to Joe Rogan and I'm trying to sort it out. I think I might do an episode on it. And, um, you know, uh, as, as I guess I would have expected from Ken, an integral view sort of would, well, it doesn't sort of, it does. It includes both. It just teases it apart. Which part of our behavior and our being is automatic, is karmic. It's basically the result of cause and effect and this whole cascade of cause and effect actually since the Big Bang. That's right. Right? Yep. And then what part of it is the uh, creativity that actually is available to every moment, which is why the universe isn't just still a big blob. Yeah. And that there is something besides the second law of thermodynamics. And in a sense, the universe is winding up in terms of consciousness as it winds down in other ways. Mm -hmm. And so you know, this both thing really comes online. And, uh, and that was great. And and I and and I wanted to play a, a segment, if I might, oh, cool. that, uh, that I really liked. Uh, and you you were great too, Corey. I mean that that's the other thing I want to say is that you uh, brought Ken out in a way and 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 also set the scene and set the frame, which I'm going to ask you to do actually in a minute, uh, in the way that you did it. Uh, but this is what Ken had to say about this both and kind of thing. And he's, it, 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 it's, it's right after he talks about Alfred North Whitehead, who's mm -hmm. one of the philosophers in the, certainly in the integral lineage. And that Whitehead says, in order to get a universe going at all, we need three things. The one, the many, and the creative advance into novelty. Yes. And so that's where we'll pick this up from Ken. Uh, where he's uh, taken by that third one, particularly mm -hmm. the creative advance into novelty. So what we're going to do, is we're going to do this. For Whitehead, he had what he called three ultimates. These are three things that you had to have before you could even get a universe up and running. And one was, the first one was just the one. Mm -hmm. The next one was the many. And then the third one was what was so interesting, the creative advance into novelty. And that's such a brilliant thing to say, okay, this is inherent in the universe. Because if you actually sort of stand back and look at the direction of the overall universe, 
and see, okay, which direction is that actually going? It's not winding down. It's winding up. Right. You get more and more complex entities. You get more and more self-organized entities. They have a greater degree of wholeness and unity. They have greater self-organization. And it appears greater consciousness. So that's unmistakable. You can't miss that. And, and so White has simply said, right, that's the fundamental factor. And he's not getting that from the second law of thermodynamics. He's getting it from an absolutely obvious look at how evolution actually operates. Mm -hmm. Firing on all cylinders, man. Yeah, really true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so when you set up the interview, you talked about um, the, how did you put it? There was the, the two big categories of free will that we talk about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I ask the question, you know, when I, when I do these talks with Ken, because I've known Ken for a while, I try to anticipate um, what his response to a given question will be. And in order to sort of like, you know, deepen things so that Ken doesn't feel like he has to give, you know, an integral 101 kind of, kind of lesson, what I do is I try to bake some of those responses into the question itself, which is why it can take me like 15 minutes to ask a fucking question before he starts, he starts talking. Um, but so I, I had the sense that in this conversation of, of, of free will, you know, he would, he would go to creativity and he would go to, uh, you know, the, the first person perspective of interiority and how both of these are themselves baked into the universe. Uh, but when I thought about Ken, you know, sort of, uh, you know, bringing out the classics in, in a certain kind of sense to talk about that, you know, to me, it felt like it, it was, it, those were necessary ingredients for free will, but not quite enough to result in free will. And those um, two things, again, Corey, being creativity, the creative advance into novelty. Okay, so this, every moment has a chance for something new to happen that has never appeared in the cosmos before. That's right. right so that's that's the, the advance into novelty. Yep. And the other thing is interiority. Yep. And 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 the fact that interiority goes all the way down, and you know, so this right. is largely a response to you know a lot of the the Richard Dawkins and you know those types of guys who tend to reduce all of reality to third person objects. And they see consciousness as this illusion of interiority that is sort of the byproduct of the chemicals that are you know, sloshing around between your ears. And, um, you know, and Ken, I know, has a very different take on that. Um, and it was, it was within that frame that I wanted to have this discussion um, yeah. about. And let me, let me just uh, uh, share something that, about this. Uh, idea of interiority and in a sense consciousness or real proto-consciousness that goes mm -hmm. all the way down to atoms and quarks so that they have little you know he, Ken says uh, you wouldn't want to say they have feelings you wouldn't want to say they have consciousness in the way we think of it I actually prefer to think that they do that atoms have little tiny feelings and little tiny consciousnesses mm -hmm. but it's poetic poetic but uh, but so I, I'm watching this show that's um, on PBS called Closer to Truth, which is a great show, and I'm, I want to feature it at some point. But it's this philosopher, uh, scientist, who goes around and talks to different philosophers about different philosophical issues. And so he's talking, I'm forgetting who it was, but it was one of these big guys, John 
years, I want to say, or something, uh, who uh, is talking about the pan-entheistic, pan-entheistic view where that everything has consciousness. And, and he says, but that's obviously not true because my belt buckle doesn't have consciousness. Right. And I thought, is that the level of understanding that you have of this? And, 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 uh, and, and the integral understanding of this, the holonic understanding of this, is that each of these building blocks that create everything, so right. uh, quarks to atoms, atoms to molecules, molecules to cells, these are the things that are the keepers of the, you know, the interiors. That's right. Uh, and, and he's right. The, His belt buckle is not is not conscious. No, no, it's not. It's a it's a bunch of things that yep. are together. Which it's is a, it's a Ken says a, it's a heap, not a whole. Yeah. Yep. A heap, H E A P, not yep. a whole in terms of a, a series of nested holons. That's right. So that's an interesting. That's a really important um, concept in integral theory. Yep. Yeah. Foundation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's the thing that uh, has some degree of creativity are the holons. That's right. So yeah. Um, and, I, and I always think of the uh, great quote by the uh, great physicist uh, Richard Feynman, who was talking about the movement of atoms. And he says, the, the, the best way I could describe them is they're playful. Hmm. You know, because yeah. other th nothing else, none of the physics makes sense. Yeah, playful <laughs> atoms reminds me of uh, frisky dirt. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, so that was good. Yep. And that is, um, that's part of the Ken Show, which is behind the paywall, which is yeah. why people should join Integral Life. And tell us about that. Ted, do a little over infomercial for a second. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you join Integral Life today, you can get your first month for $1. That $1 will actually give you access to everything on the site. So all of Ken's content from the last 15 years I mean, it's an astonishing amount of content. It's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, use, I'll, I'll just say the same thing I always say. It's an embarrassment of riches. There's so much in there. There's so many gems. And I've always felt like, you know, geez, man, any one of these, any one of these presentations or dialogues or what have you could send someone's life off in a completely different direction. Um, it's, it's, it's some really beautiful stuff in there. And um, yeah, so the way this works and the way the Ken Show works is you can actually watch Ken, the Ken Show for free. Um, if you tune in on the Saturdays, it's usually the second Saturday of the month, sometimes the third, but usually the second. You can find a, a calendar on integrallife.com slash live. Um, you can actually watch the live webinars for free. Uh, we then take the recorded version of it, chop it up into a bunch of pieces, and then make that available for, for members of Integral Life. So it's, it's one of the ways that we like to play with sort of a, you know, abundance on, on one side and scarcity on the other. Uh, you know, giving people a nice on-ramp to hear Ken, hear some of his latest thinking uh, with no obligation at all. Uh, but it's also an invitation to, to sign up and to you know, help sustain our organization and allow us to continue producing this, this amazing content. Yeah because you and the people at Integral Life have a life to lead. We sure do. And, you know, so that's I've got a mortgage now, man. Come on, money. sign up. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, so I have one more thought, or one more piece I wanted to feature, but is there anything else you, you would point out before we sort of close with this third piece? Well, 
I, I guess two things. I mean, first off, you know, we, we started the show talking about, um, you know, the Integral Live platform. And it's been just about a year since we've launched it, actually. I think we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of, of Integral Live. And, um, you know, your show was, was the first thing that we did with Integral Live. And then we started to sort of, uh, you know, expand a little bit. We got Keith Witt doing a, a regular monthly show. Uh, we have Terry Patton doing a regular monthly show. Now we've got Ken doing a monthly show. Uh, pretty soon we're going to get Bina Sharma to do a monthly show where we're going to be looking at both ego development and her uh, brand new extraordinary polarity practice, which um, <laughs> really gets me excited as someone who's been studying the integral map for, geez, my entire adult life. Uh, Bina's polarity management teaching for me takes this map, which you can look at on like a piece of paper and can feel almost inert in a certain kind of way, and it makes the model dance. That's my description of, of Bina's polarity uh, application. It makes the mm. integral model dance, and it's beautiful. So, you know, we'll be hearing more from her. Um, and, you know, as Integral Live has expanded, you know, it's funny, because um, I'm a pretty lazy guy. I, uh, I, I do a lot of, <laughs> I do a lot of you things. You could have fooled me. Well, I do a lot of things, but a lot of things I do are in effort to sort of, uh, you know, give other people an opportunity to do some of the heavy lifting here. So when I, when I created Integral Live, I had this fantasy, I'm going to create this platform and I'm going to be able to just hand it over to people like Jeff and to people like Keith and, you know, and so forth. And, and they're just going to be able to get engaged whenever they want and talk to our audience whenever they want and, you know, get this going. One year later, as it turns out, Jeff Salzman is the only guy who actually wants to learn how the technology works, <laughs> right? Which means he's the only guy who can do the show without me. So now I'm suddenly in the very awkward position of, you know, I worked behind the scenes for the first pretty much 14 years of my career here at Integral. And now I'm like on the homepage every week. Um, and, you know, for all you out there, I'm sorry about that. It's just sort of, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the end result. It's, it's not something I ever wanted to do when you, when you suffer from, you know, all sorts of performance anxiety and imposter syndromes and all that. It's, this, is, this was not my idea of a good time. Um, but it's, you know, because of the seat that I find myself sitting in, I feel like it's my responsibility to do the show and to, sure. uh, you know, bring a spotlight to what some, you know, really sure. extraordinary people in our community are doing. So it's, it's an honor to be part of it. And Jeff, I want to thank you because I wouldn't be nearly, I wouldn't have nearly as much comfort doing this uh, if I hadn't sort of, you know, had the daily evolver as, you know, almost my training wheels for, for the first, you know, six to nine months or so. Um, and that was, you know, really special to me. And the whole time we were doing it, you were giving me the feedback, you know, Corey, I think you should be doing, you know, your own show. There's all sorts of things that, you know, that, that I'd like to hear you talk about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you really inspired me to sort of take it a step further. Yeah. And um, I appreciate that. Well, you are worthy. Thanks, man. And um, I always think of what Eleanor Roosevelt said. I think who knows what, who said it. But it's, it's like you, when what you have to say is more important than all your fears about saying it, <laughs> then you just get on with it. And right. it's, like, it's like you said, you know, you're in the position you know all these people, we have all these contacts, you're in the center of this thing, and you almost have to rise to it. Yep. You know, it's your responsibility. Yep. And, and I've gotten totally used to it. making a jackass of myself on, yeah. on live camera, Me so too. it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. All right.
So the one thing I wanted to also feature uh, in this broadcast uh, about uh, what's new on Integral Life is uh, a, uh, a program that uh, Ginny Whitelaw has yes. done. And Ginny yeah. is really terrific, isn't she? Oh, she is. She's one of my favorite people. So she, she really came along, really, she's sort of new to the scene, so I hadn't really gotten the download. Yes, but, yes, sort of. Yeah, well, yep. you know, to me. You're right, you yeah, know, okay. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and I was really impressed when I looked at her, um, well, first of all, her credentials, her, yeah. her bio. She's a, a, a biophysicist with a PhD. She's a Zen master, I'm forgetting what lineage, but she has a, you know, a, Real, she's a real Zen master. Uh, she was a manager in Na NASA's space station program, and she's got a fifth degree black belt in Aikido. Mm -hmm. so, she originally wanted to be an astronaut. Is that right? Yeah. What's funny is if you look at Ginny, she kind of looks like an astronaut. Yeah. She has Maybe. that look, that like bio yeah. kind of, you know. Well, it's also that white rope, you know, yeah. a little bit <laughs> Star Trekky. But uh, so anyway, I, I want to play a piece from her. She did a program called Lead with Purpose. Yes. And you know what? I did, my business was on leadership training. My, my original business was called Career Track Seminars. Some of you, I know you write me and say, I've been to your seminars with way back when in the 80s and early 90s. And um, so I know my way around business training, professional development training. And this is new. Mm. This is new. Uh, this is what I would want it to be at this stage of human development, where we're looking at leadership and, and professional development, you know, being the best you can be. It's, it's not for everybody, but if that's the, what you want to do, um, then, you know, she's bringing in all four quadrants in the upper right in terms of the energetics and the upper left. And, and I, I think a really, really beautiful integration. And here I'm going to play a piece from it. And uh, so this is Ginny Whitelaw, and here we go. We've been looking at this idea of purpose, your purpose, what it is you're trying to do in the world. And we've observed both that first purpose is really important to align your energy so that you can send it out into the world and can create value. That's our definition of leadership, your authentic self-expression that creates value. On the other hand, we know that the world isn't always accommodating of our purposes. It's a very fast-moving, complex, chaotic world, and sometimes it doesn't honor our agenda. So it's important that we can both have that clear intention and not get stuck, that we can be resilient and agile. And we're going to play with that idea much more here in Module 3 as we look at how leaders, how you, turn energy into things that matter. Because truly, that's what we're doing. She's, is it? Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and Jeff, you, you, you mentioned her background. And you know, what I find really interesting about Ginny's background is every phase of her career has given her mastery in a different quadrant of her, of her, of her own self oh, and her own point. life. I mean, this woman has genuine four quadrant mastery. And I think it shines through in, in, in her teaching, not only in the teaching in herself, but in the transmission of that teaching. Um, and I think you just got a, you know, a really beautiful little taste of that there where she's able to take um, you know, profoundly impactful uh, suggestions and, and um, practices and, 
and orientations and is able to communicate it with such a, a, a beautiful simplicity and make it relevant. You know, I mean, we call this lead with purpose and it's a leadership course, but I think a lot of people get hung up on that word leadership. They, they tend to believe this is, you know, this is okay. This is something for, you know, uh, a corporate boardroom or for CEO, CEO of a company or someone who has sort of, you know, a professional leadership role that they're playing in their lives. And it's not, I mean, we are, every one of us is a leader uh, in and of ourselves. We yeah. all, you know, we all are the leader of our own spheres of influence, whether it's your family or your personal life or your hobbies, your friends, whatever it might be, you are, every day you have an opportunity to express leadership. And one of the things that is becoming increasingly clear to me in 2018 is that we need a fucking revolution in leadership. And it needs to come from all of us. And I think that, you know, what we were able to uh, create with Ginny offers a leverage point. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, the thing that, uh, that I, I love about her uh, sort of thesis is that your authentic self-expression is what creates value. And that we want to um, have, you know, get in the groove of that and have intention around that without getting stuck. And it's, it's that, mm -hmm. always that thing about, um, you know, passion and, and non-attachment, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. how could you have both of those at the same time? And she really has, a, I think, a beautiful transmission of that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And we just released a practice with her. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extended excerpt. Uh, from the course, we have it on uh, the practice page, the integral life practice page on integral life of Ginny teaching uh, what she calls the four energies. And these are, this is almost a typology of our immune system. There are four different ways that we can uh, sort of both, both take on and transmit energy. And she teaches, you know, how, you know, there are these four sort of, you know, uh, fundamental um, types of, of energetic posture, maybe you could say. And all of us tend to have one that we rely on, oftentimes over rely on. It's, it becomes native to us. And then usually there's at least one of them that we're not quite so comfortable with. And, you know, what she demonstrates is if we have the capacity to, to freely exercise any four of these as, as, you know, as appropriate to sort of the situation, um, our, our, our ability to, to transmit confidence, to, to lead with confidence, to navigate the massive complexity that we're faced with, um, you know, whether in our homes or at our jobs or, you know, wherever you happen to be is, is, is that much greater. And, um, yeah, again, just, just, she's an exquisite teacher. She's an even more exquisite human being. Um, and I hope people, you know, check out that practice and, um, you know, really seriously consider signing up for, for the training, you know, cause I think the other thing Jeff is, is, is I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of the approaches to leadership, um, tend to be, you know, sort of from here up, it's very cognitive and, you know, Ginny's strength, I think in this course is, is how she grounds all of this in the body. Right. I mean, it is an embodied leadership training. 
No, I mean, it's a, it's a fundamental integral principle that the upper right, so our individual exterior, our bodies, are not just flesh and blood. They're these series of energy bodies. I mean, there's all kinds of ways of slicing and dicing and mapping them out, but they're real. And, you know, to the degree that we can inhabit them and become conscious of them, become conscious of the energy bodies of other people, and, and there's a whole new world that opens up there. That's right. And she is a worthy transmitter. Yep. All right. Yep. Okay, my friend. Well, hey, Jeff, before we go, can I just mention one more thing? You bet. Uh, we are, what, five days away from the election on Tuesday. Yeah, and talking about, talk about a new uh, a change in leadership, maybe. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. And the one thing I want to say is if you're watching this right now, if, you, if you're the type of person who enjoys watching dorks like Jeff and I, well, dorks like me talking to awesome people like Jeff, <laughs> If you're that type of person, I really hope you are taking it as an imperative to show up and vote on Tuesday. You know, one of the things I've been thinking a lot about, Jeff, is, you know, in 2016, I'm not going to cast any judgment on this. You know, you can be pro-Trump, you can be anti-Trump, what have you. But the simple fact is, in 2016, Donald Trump won with, what was it, 30,000 votes in the Electoral College spread across a handful of states. In the that popular the, vote. That was the margin of his, of his victory. He lost by 3 million votes, but that 30,000 votes in a handful of states was enough to give him the presidency. Was, that was the tipping point. We have more than 30,000 people on the integral life mailing list, which shows how powerful your voice is and how necessary it is for you to use your voice and to show up on Tuesday or earlier if you're early voting. I don't care who you're voting for. Well, I kind of care who you're voting for, but not as much as I care about you showing <laughs> up and, and fulfilling your civic obligation. I mean, take this seriously. Take this as, as a fundamental part of your own ongoing integral life practice. This is how we enact a better world together or at least stave off a potentially really shitty world that could be right around the corner. And, um, but again, not casting judgments, vote for who you want, but just please vote. This is, this is I, I think the most serious election of my lifetime. Um, I, I am, you know, I'm just feeling a lot of gravity around this. Um, and yeah, I, I, I hope everyone shows up and does their civic obligation. Amen, brother Corey. Yeah, man. All right. I agree. And I, I've done my civic duty. Yeah, so baby. Went in the mail yesterday. So, all right. Um, thank you, folks. Uh, again, IntegralLife.com. Corey DeVos, Editor-in-Chief. Uh, IntegralLive.com uh, for the live stuff. And uh, thank you so much for being part of it. Thanks for having me on, man. This has been a lot of fun. My great privilege. All righty. Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye-bye.